Welcome back to the Potter's House, the podcast where we discuss how biblical topics, church life, and current events impact our everyday lives. My name is Marcus Ionescu, and I'm your host. And today, I am not joined by a guest. Today, we're doing something a little different. As uh, for those of you who have Instagram and are following the account, you saw the little promo video that I put up. And today, we're going to do a sermon that I gave at our youth service last week obviously relative to the time of the release of this episode, uh, but it is a sermon that we that we were doing as part of a series, and that series is What Every Christian Ought to Know, which is based on the book by the late Adrian Rogers, and my topic was eternal security. Now, eternal security, what does that mean? The definition of eternal security is the doctrine that you cannot lose your salvation because it is kept secure in Christ. Now, I know that could be a little bit controversial. I know there are some Calvinistic undertones to this topic, uh, but in my message, I try to keep it completely neutral. Um, I think Reformed theology is definitely a spectrum, and I fall somewhere in the middle of it. I'm sure many of you do as well. So uh, I try to keep the message gospel-centric, reference a lot of different verses, biblical passages that support the points that I was making, And I'm excited to put it up here. So um, there are two reasons why I decided to do something like this as opposed to a normal episode where we would have a guest come on and pick a topic and so on and so forth. But um, the first reason is creating an episode and doing all this takes a lot of work. Um, For those of you who have been following the podcast, you know that for the last over two months, uh, I've been releasing episodes every single Wednesday. So that is one episode per week, and when you're accounting for finding a guest, picking a topic, preparing for the episode, then recording, post-production, all of that, it takes a lot of work, especially for releasing at the rate that I have been releasing. So um, this past week, I was preparing for that sermon, and I figured I'd uh, hit two birds with one stone and put all that, uh, the time that I put into the sermon into the podcast, and we will see how we go from there. So that is the first reason. It was just easier with time. It was more effective for me and uh, something I want to try out. So um, second reason is I want to spice things up a little bit. I want to keep it fresh, innovative. Obviously, the podcast will maintain its normal structure for the most part. We're, you know, again, the standard one guest, one one topic. Um, But I do have some new things up my sleeve I want to, that I want to try out in the near future, and this is one of them, just to, like I said, keep it fresh, um, keep your interest, and see where we can go. So this is one of the ways I want to, one of the new ways I want to try things out. Um, if it is well-received, then great, we can try new things. If not, then it'll be a standalone one-time thing. So um, just a little disclaimer, this is not, I understand this is a sermon that I gave, but this is this has nothing to do with self-promotion. Um with this podcast and every and every which way that I serve and every which way that we all should serve, um, I think we should keep Christ at the center of it all. I'm not trying to put my name out there. I'm not trying to uh, make a case for myself, but I do want to share a message that God put on my heart, and hopefully um, the Holy Spirit will work and touch many of your hearts out there as well. So um, this will be a shorter episode than usual. I know we typically hit the 45-minute mark and sometimes surpass an hour, but Uh, The message itself is about 27 minutes long, and yeah, I thank you guys for tuning in, and I hope that God will work and God will speak to your hearts today.
turn our Bibles to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, and we're going to read verses 27 through 29. John chapter 10, starting at verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Amen. So we're continuing part three of the series. Uh, For those of you who haven't been able to participate in the first two parts, uh, part one was every Christian ought to know that the Bible is the Word of God. Now, that's a very important thing to know. If you don't know that, it's very hard to believe everything else we're going to talk about in this series. So that's very important. The Bible is the Word of God, infallible Word of God. Last week, we learned that every Christian ought to know about the assurance of salvation. How do you know if you are saved? How do you know if you are not saved? We went through those three tests in 1 John, if you guys remember from last week. And this week, it's going to be kind of almost a continuation of last week, except we're not talking about the assurance of salvation. We are talking about eternal security. Now, when I found out I got this uh, chapter, I was, I was excited. And then once I read the chapter, I was a little less excited. And the reason being is that um, when it comes to this type of subject, we're kind of treading in some Calvinistic waters. So I pray to God that I'm very careful with what I say. And uh, we just read the Word of God. I got a bunch of verses here tonight, so if you want to, don't fight me, fight the Word of God, because this is what we're going to talk about tonight. This is what's going to be preached tonight. So eternal security, what does that mean? What is the definition of eternal security? And that is the doctrine that salvation cannot be lost because it is kept secure by Christ. Doctrine that salvation cannot be lost because it is kept secure by Christ. Now, when we're talking about this, obviously, we have to assume that we are already saved. We can't have eternal security unless we are saved. So this is not for someone who just walks into a church or uh, you know, even may get baptized in water because as we learned last week, that doesn't mean that we are saved. That doesn't mean that we fully surrender our lives to God. But this is, this is somebody who has become a partaker of the divine nature, someone who is heaven-born and therefore heaven-bound, a person who has had a new birth, a person who has become genuinely a child of God. That's who eternal security is for. And before we jump right into things, uh, let's ask ourselves, why is eternal security important? Why is, it, why is it important to know that once I have given my life to Christ, once I am saved, once I've become a child of God and been adopted into the sonship of God, why is it important to know that I'm going to heaven? One, spiritual health. It's good for your spiritual health to know. Uh, Imagine questioning yourself, doubting yourself every single day of the week, whenever you're faced with a trial, asking God, God, am I truly saved? God, why why is this happening? And you start doubting yourself. Now, if you want to make a relation, imagine a young child who disobeys, who misbehaves uh, to his his parents, and then at the end of the day, he wonders, am I I still welcome to this family? Do I have a place to stay? Do I have somewhere to uh, sleep tonight? Do I have somewhere to eat tonight? 
That itself in a physical sense, if that happens to a child in a physical sense, that's gonna yield mental dysfunctionality. But if we, if this happens to us in a spiritual sense, it'll yield spiritual dysfunctionality. Our spiritual health will not be good. We'll be doubting ourselves. We would be opening doors to believing lies that the enemy is trying to convince us to believe. So it's important, eternal security is important for spiritual health. It's also important for productivity to do the work of the Lord, the work that God has called us to do. Now, 80, 90 years ago, when they started building the Golden Gate Bridge, they had a problem. They realized that people were falling off and dying, the people who were constructing the bridge, and they got to a point where there were 23 deaths from construction workers who fell off the bridge. And what they did is they realized that they had to do something about it, and they made a $100,000 investment at the time to build a safety net under the bridge. Now the results of this, we'll see right here, after the safety net was installed, only 10 people fell, all of which were saved by the net, and they realized that productivity shot up 25%. Because there was something to catch them, because they had the, the assurance that they're gonna survive if something happened, not only did less people fall, but they increase productivity 25%. And this applies the same way in our spiritual lives. If we're spending so much of our time worrying about ourselves, about whether or not we're gonna make it to heaven or whether or not we're children of God, that means we're spending less time out in the world preaching the word of God. That means we're spending less, ni- less time coming over here and singing on the worship team, spending less time preaching the word of God, spending less time doing what God has called us to do. So it's good for productivity, it's good for spiritual productivity. And lastly, or thirdly, it's good for evangelism. Eternal security is good for evangelism. Imagine presenting the gospel for the very first time to someone, and you're not even sure if you're saved. How's that gonna work? What are you gonna tell him? He's gonna ask you questions, right? They always have questions. And the way you know is if the gospel truly transforms your life. Once you've been saved, once you understand how sinful you are, how God has come and how he sent Jesus Christ to die for us, when the gospel transforms your life, it is such good news to us that we're gonna wanna tell everyone. I'll give you an example. Uh, two years ago, two summers ago, we were, uh, we're, a group of us were in Romania for the mission trip and this was the night we left back home. We were sleeping, we were waking up at 4 a.m. to drive to the airport and I get a notification on my phone at 4 a.m. that says, LeBron James signs a four-year deal with the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, what did I do? Did I just like smile and just say like, okay, that's cool? No, right? I woke up everyone. I'm like, we got LeBron. Anthony can attest. I woke him up like, bro, we got LeBron. You know, we were all celebrating. That was good news to us. We were happy and we went to go tell everyone else the good news because it'll make them happy too. The same way if the gospel transforms our life, we should have this urge in us to want to tell everyone else so they can be saved as well. And we need to know that we are eternally secure in our salvation if we're going to be effective in these three things. Now, that's why it's important, right? But tonight, that's not what we're going to talk about. Tonight, I want to discuss and kind of prove eternal security and see what the Bible says about eternal security. And we're going to go over three reasons why we need to be secure in our faith and eternity once we've been saved. So number one, The reason why we have eternal security once we've been saved is that salvation is not ours to lose. 
Now, notice I didn't say once saved, always saved, right? That would be the Calvinistic side of this um, message. And I don't want to stumble you guys, but salvation is not ours to lose. Let's read the first, pas- uh, the first part of the verse that we read, uh, John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life. Christ gives us eternal life through his death and resurrection. We are not saved by anything that we can do. We are not saved by anything we can earn. It is not a prize, because when you say prize, typically you have to do something to obtain that. It is a gift, and that gift is grace. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Romans eleven six. But it, it, but if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. So as soon as we think that we can do something about it, as soon as we think that we have to earn it or uh, qualify for salvation, this, this this verse just says grace is out the door, and grace is the only thing that can save us, and that is through faith in Jesus Christ who came and died for us. Amen. Amen. Grace is a gift from God that we obtain through the faith in Christ, nothing that we can earn. Now let's see what the Bible says about the gifts that God gives us. Romans eleven twenty nine, For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. What does that mean? No refunds. No take backs. Right? It is a gift. Obviously we have to accept it. But God gives us that gift no matter what, but we have to accept that. So it is not by works. It is not because we're holy, because self-righteousness doesn't work. We are made righteous through Christ. It is not because we're here every single Friday. It's not because we preach from the pulpit. It is not because we sing on the worship team. It is not because we're in a pastoral position, but it is grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, I was thinking, because we're talking about salvation is not ours to lose. Now let's say I had the ability to lose salvation. Let's say I have given my life to Christ, I had been saved, and I, I, had, I magically had the ability to lose salvation. Now, considering my sinful nature, considering where I came from, who I am, if I had the ability to lose salvation, wouldn't I lose it? Surely I would lose it. If salvation was something to maintain, we wouldn't be able to maintain it. We see ourselves right now in our spiritual walks. We, we, fa- we all have fallen short. We all fall into sin. We all stumble. We all struggle with things. So if salvation were on the basis of works, or if we were able to lose it, we would do so. But it is Christ's gracious mediation that brought us in and keeps us in. So number one, we have, we have uh, security in our eternal lives and salvation because salvation is not ours to lose. It is a gift from God. Number two, eternal life never runs out. And uh, continuing in the, the middle of verse 28, and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Eternal life is all or nothing, guys. You, can't, you can either have it or you don't. Now, what does that mean? It means you don't have it for a 10-year period where you were saved. You don't have it for a 50-year period that you were saved. 
Because then you would have a 10-year life, a 50-year life. No, we have eternal life. That means when we are saved, we are saved. John uh, chapter 5, verse 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Now notice the, notice the verbs over here. It's not, it's not future tense, right? It's present tense. He has eternal life. He has passed from death to life. It doesn't say he will get eternal life. It says he who, whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life. We don't get it after death. Yes, we inherit the kingdom. We become glorified. But when we give our lives to Christ, it says we have eternal life. It is continual. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, and we all know this passage. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we did, not, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. I never knew you. Notice how it says, those who prophesied in, in his name, those who did great works, he said mighty works, um, those who cast out demons in his name. See, God still worked. God couldn't work through anyone. But he never knew them. It didn't say, I only knew you for a certain amount of time. He didn't say, I, I knew you 30 years ago, but then I, I stopped knowing you 10 years after that. No, he said, I never knew you. That means no matter how much work they've done, and that, that, I mean, casting out demons, all this stuff, that could be me here preaching. That could be people on the worship. That could be pastorship. That could be anyone who serves and does mighty works in God's name. But if they don't know Christ, and if Christ does not know them, we don't want to hear this. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. That's the last thing we want to hear. Now, continuing on this point, John 3, right? We're, we're all familiar with John chapter 3. Uh, you know, obviously there's John 3.16, but in that passage, in that context, before that, Jesus is talking to the Pharisee Nicodemus. So Nicodemus comes in the night, he asks Jesus some questions, and Jesus tells him, you can only enter the kingdom of God if what? If you are born again. Born again in, born again of the Spirit. Now let me ask you a question. How many times were you guys physically born? Once, right? How many times can you be spiritually born? Once, right? You can't be unborn, right? That doesn't make sense. You are born again. You cannot be born again multiple times. And we have a passage here that supports that. In Hebrews 10, 14, it says, For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. We're born into this world once. We're born again of the Spirit once, and that's it. Cannot be unborn. 
Because if you say that, if you say you're being born again multiple times, you're just undermining the power of God. You're undermining Jesus' sacrifice for all of us. Philippians 3.20 talks about the citizenship we have in heaven. If you're born here on U.S. oil, if you're physically born here on U.S. oil, you have a permanent U.S. citizenship. Now, if you're born again of the Spirit, you have a permanent heavenly citizenship. Eternal life is eternal, guys. If you have it, you have it. If you don't, you don't. You can't split it up. Lastly, we have security in our eternal life and in our salvation because we have an almighty heavenly Father who loves us dearly. Verse 29 of the John chapter 10 says, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. No one can snatch them. Now, if we believe that if we're attacked by the enemy that we can lose our salvation, that's basically, imagine this, imagine believing that Satan has the power to pry open God's hand and take you and snatch you away. That's, that's what it's saying. But if we're adopted in the sonship of, of God, if, we are, if we're sons and daughters, if we have been born again, if we have been saved, if we've given our lives to Jesus Christ and surrendered everything to him, he will hold us fast. He says right here, he's greater than all and no one is able to snatch you away. Think about it like this. For those of you who have children, which is just one person here, um, backfired, but if you have a child, wouldn't you do anything to protect them from, from evil, from, from pain, from harm, from destruction? And that's a physical child. Now, wouldn't our Heavenly Father, if we're saved and we've given our lives to Christ, you know, we are children of God, wouldn't he do the same thing, if not 10 times more, because he's our Heavenly Father? This passage right here, no one will snatch us away out of his hand. No one. And God made a sacred promise. And this is one of the, this passage I'm about to read is one of the most famous verses and most absolute verses that we can read in the word of God. And that's Romans 8, 38 through 39. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. One of the most absolute statements we can read in the word of God. Now Paul has a very extensive list right here, right? He, he, he named a lot of different things that cannot separate us from the love of God. Death, life, high depth, angels, rulers, powers, anything that has been created ever cannot separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I challenge you, if you think Paul missed something, try it out. Try to figure out what he missed. If there's something out there that, that, that you believe can separate us from the love of God, go ahead. But I think Paul covered all the bases over here when he said, all things created, Right?
We have an almighty heavenly father. And we have security in our eternal life because he loved us, right? We love, we love because he loved us first. That's what scripture says. And one of my biggest worries about preaching something like this was misunderstanding the point, right? Because if you misunderstand the point, you may see like, okay, that's nice. I'm saved. You know, what Marcus just said, that means, oh, things should be easy, right? I'm, I'm, I'm fine, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saved. I don't have to worry about anything. Now, while that, while that is true, that's, that you're missing the point, that's not the point of this message. For those of us who have been saved, the point is, let us remove all doubt from our lives so we can do the Lord's work. So we can do, take on more work, more responsibility that he has planned for us. That we have the boldness and courage to preach the gospel to anyone we run into. That's why we need to remove this doubt. That's why we need to uh, stop believing the lies that the enemy is trying to convince us. For those of us who haven't been saved, I hope this is a wake-up call. Like we read in the passage, it doesn't matter where you, it doesn't matter what family you grew up in. We're all of age over here to make that decision, to follow Christ. We're all, we're all of age over here. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you cast out demons in his name. It doesn't matter if you come here to preach. It doesn't matter if you have a hold a certain position. It doesn't matter what family you come from. But if you don't have that personal relationship with God, if you haven't made that decision to surrender everything to Jesus Christ, I hope this serves as a wake-up call. Because we have today. Tonight we're all here. But tomorrow isn't guaranteed, guys. We don't know the day. I mean, old people die, young people die every day. God calls us home and we're not going to know it. So I pray that tonight... If that is you, if, if God is calling you tonight, if the Holy Spirit is trying to touch your heart tonight, I pray that you be receptive. I pray that you make that decision internally to serve Christ with everything that you have, with all that he's given you. And as I conclude, I'd like to invite the worship team back up. Last week, we talked about the assurance of salvation, knowing if we're saved or not. Now, the only thing more tragic than not having the assurance of salvation and the, secure, and the security of eternal life is having a false assurance of salvation. Some of us tonight, we walked in and maybe we, we thought we were fine. We thought everything's okay. We thought everything's fine and dandy and we're just going to go about our lives, come to another youth night, come see our friends, go about our weeks, come Sunday. But in us, we haven't made that decision yet. And truthfully, if we go before the Lord on Judgment Day, he'll say, depart from me, for I never knew you. And that's the scariest thing we can hear, guys. Let's all stand. Like I mentioned earlier, I feel like there's two two groups of people. There are the people who have given their lives to Christ but are struggling with doubt, are struggling with the lies that the enemy is trying to tell them, saying that, how, how are you saved? I mean, like, you, you struggle with all this sin. In one of my previous uh, messages, I mentioned the story that uh, Pastor Jimmy Evans from Gateway Church in, in, uh, in Texas said, and he said, when he was growing up, he was a smoker. 
He would take smoke breaks every single day with his coworkers. Uh, I guess he worked in the, you know, in the corporate field, but he gave his life to Christ and his wife told him, hey, maybe you should stop smoking. It's not good for you. It's not, it's not what Christ wants us to do. And for a time he tried to stop, but then he fell back into it. When finally he made that decision to get rid of it completely. And when he, went, when he showed up to, and that's when he gave, that's when the transformation happened in his life. But he shows up to work the next morning. And his coworker says, hey, Jimmy, let's go, let's go, for, a, let's go for a smoke break. It's, it's 1030. I don't know whatever time it was. And he says, I'm sorry, I, I'm not a smoker. Like, Jimmy, what are you talking about? You, what do you mean you're not a smoker? We, we, we smoked every day. We smoked yesterday. We smoked the day before. We, we smoked last week, all of last month. We've been smoking every single day for the last 20 years. At this exact time, you're a smoker. And he responds, maybe I was, but I am no longer a smoker. If Satan is trying to feed you lies, saying, look at this sin, look at this sin you've committed in the past, look where you come from, look what, look what people you were surrounded with, look what you've said, look, look, look what you've looked at. But if you've truly given your life to Christ, I wanna give you the assurance, assurance right now that you do not believe those lies. You are a child of God and God has plans for you and me to use us for the glorification of him and the furthering of his kingdom. Now, the second group of people, like I mentioned earlier, if you have yet to give your life to Christ, we're all going to enter into a time of prayer, but if, if you have yet to give your life to Christ, please, I beg you, listen to what God wants you to hear. You were here for a reason. We're all here for a reason. God planned for you to be here tonight. So if you want to make that decision, let's all go, go before the Lord in prayer and let's make that, say that prayer, that prayer of faith, saying, God, I know that I have fallen short. God, I know that I am sinful in nature. God, I know that the wages of sin are death, but Jesus Christ, the only one who was worthy to bear the sins and bear the wrath of God on the cross, died for me and was resurrected. So now I can have, if I have faith in him, eternal life. Let's all go before the Lord in prayer. Amen. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and uh, listening to this episode, to the message. Um, I hope it was profitable. I hope the Holy Spirit worked in many of your hearts, uh, wherever you are, whenever you're listening to this. Um, if you found it, like I said, profitable, please share with your friends uh, so others may be encouraged as well. Uh, we're just going to quickly wrap things up. So um, like we usually say, you can follow us on our Instagram at the Potter's House. Uh, email is thepottershouse at gmail.com. We're on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you can find podcasts now. Um, if you do listen to us on Spotify and iTunes, uh, even if you're a Spotify listener, I do recommend, or I do ask you guys, if you can go to the, uh, Apple podcast app on your iPhone, uh, and all you got to do, if you don't know how to get there is swipe down, type in podcast, and there's a purple app that is your Apple podcast that is directly, uh, 
connected to iTunes. If you can go on that page, click on the podcast, and then scroll down and tap the stars or even leave a written review, I would greatly appreciate that. It helps with the exposure of the show. Um, iTunes has a sort of algorithm that if you have a certain amount of ratings, certain amount of reviews, it will be um, exposed more in the search bar. So uh, thank you in advance for those of you uh, who are going to do that. And thank you for those of you who have been supporting this podcast thus far. I am truly blessed to be uh, just in this mission with all of you. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and we will see you next time.